Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. You know, we just decided we need to hit record. So I've got Susan and I've got Samantha from FMG. Listen, you all know who these people are. I don't need to really introduce them, but we're already riffing. And Susan says, you should probably just hit record. <laughs> so everybody listen. The ultimate goal is for this is for three people who just love, love marketing to talk about what's going well, what are the trends, what we see advisors could be doing better. And I'm just going to warn everybody, this might go a little long longer than our normal show because I don't usually have two marketing juggernauts on the show at the same time and I don't want to miss a beat. So welcome to the show, guys. That was the nicest intro ever. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So let's, let, do you mind? I mean, I, nobody was just listening to what we were saying, but let's just kind of pick up from where we just were. So everybody, we're talking about some of the neat new things that are going on. And what Samantha was just talking about is that Google ads is going to have some issues coming here in the future, because really you can do some prompting with like chat GPT or AI, but, but in, in, by the way, if you all haven't messed around with the free version of chat GPT and asked it some questions, it's going to freaking blow your mind. But so Samantha, I want to just jump, jump on where you were going with that, because you were talking about the power of using YouTube and almost every single solitary advisor listening to this can use YouTube. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, I've been bullish on video for a long time. I, my point I was making was that I'm sure Google right now is very, you know, they're, they have to be at least feeling good that they own YouTube because YouTube is the second largest search engine out there. People go to YouTube for, to search for things second after Google. But Google is seeing, and they know this, and they're predicting this is going to inc only increase in the future, less and less people going to Google for search. So even just in July of last summer, before ChatGPT took the world by storm, a Google executive was at a tech cut crunch conference, and he made the mistake of, in public, saying that Google's monitoring the fact that up to 40% of Gen Z now goes to Instagram and TikTok to search for things. So that's Ooh. all happening last summer, right? They're paying attention to the fact that for young people, if they want to figure out the best new beauty product or the best place to grab a burger, they go and look in these very visual, visceral ways in a video uh, visual format. Then fast forward to November, ChatGPT takes the world by storm. Now people have a question and they're going to ChatGPT to ask it. They're not going to Google. This is all cutting into Google's bottom line because it's obviously- also, like note, Microsoft owns ChatGPT. So Correct. that's part of the, that's exacerbating this because now there is all this, I think, momentum and belief that Bing may actually start taking off. And so it's not just that ChatGPT came, it's that their major competitor is behind it. And who would have ever thought? I mean, for years, we kind of laughed. If somebody came to us and they were like, oh, Bing. something wonky is happening with my site. If you search it on Bing, we were kind of like, yeah, you know, nobody does that. So don't worry about it. And who knows if they will, but I wanted to add that because I'm guessing most of the, not, not all the listeners know that. No, this is a good point. 
I was talking to uh, some prospective clients earlier today about their podcast, of course, because that's what I do. And, and, and so they were like, Matt, I don't really understand. How do we figure out the title of the podcast uh, for each episode? And I said, oh, I've got a great idea. Have you used ChatGPT yet? And they're like, oh, here we go. I was like, no, listen, well, I'll do it with you right now because I've got a free account. And it's all about asking it the right questions. And Samantha, what you were saying is so spot on. It's like, oh my God, why am I going to go to Google when I can say, and I said this, give me five podcast titles optimized for retirement focused individuals who are also selling their business. You should have seen what I came up with. I was like, oh my God. And the guys were like, holy crap, I can't believe that. I, I'm not saying that this is going to replace, they're not, it's not going to replace anybody here at Proudmouth. We're, it's going to make us hopefully more efficient and actually create better content for people. But from a financial services perspective, you can ask it things like, hey, write me an SEO optimized blog that talks about the five major pain points that people have in retirement. Now, it's not perfect. Right. It's not like if they hired a ghostwriter or something like that. But let me tell you, it's 80% there. Well, and I think I will chime in because what we, Sam and I both believe is, you know, advisors, FMG has been generating content for years and there are lots of other content providers and it's out there for advisors to leverage as inspiration, as a starting point. But most don't. It's just there. They want something that is ready to go. And that is not ChatGPT. So I think for advisors, the trend is going to be to use people like firms like yours, like FMG, like others who are leveraging ChatGPT, but putting that human element over it to both make sure it's accurate, to make sure they've got the sources right and marketing best practices and the nuances of that business for the advisor. But there will be some that should, that will be able to just use this on their own. But I think the majority it actually will be fueling companies to be more effective partners for advisors. And you even pointed out, you know, the question that you asked it to generate those good titles, you know, knowing <laughs> what prompts to ask is so much of the battle. It's kind of the same way, like Google has been an amazing tool for so many people. And there is pretty much endless information you can learn online well before ChatGPT, but you needed to know what question to ask. Totally. And same thing here. You know, you still need to know how to prompt it in a way to get a good output. But I think, listen, at the end of the day, I mean, we've been seeing, right, a commoditization for all intents and purposes of investment management and even financial planning to an extent for a long time. And now I think we're just seeing a huge shift in that way to so many other industries with the, you know, this tool being brought on the market. And all it's going to do is make the people who can be human, tell stories, have great experiences, more that's going to become more and more and more important for being different and being heard. Yeah. You know what? I have to share one prompt that I just came up with this weekend because I was writing some social posts for our FMG Do It For Me program. But this is one I think advisors can do. You know, we're always encouraging advisors to post on social in an authentic way, something that is important to them, is relevant to their personal life, professional life, whatever, an accolade that they've received. And most struggle with how do I do that without, we tell them don't start a post with I and don't make it self-serving and what's in it for, the, for your reader. But then they'll say, well, so I was named to the Barron's top 100. How do I post about that with it not being self-serving and starting with I? So I was writing, I was starting to use ChatGPT to 
create those analogies. Sam is naturally really good at it. How can I post about Cinco de Mayo and connect it to financial planning? And it wasn't quite that basic, but you know, how can I tee up my award? You literally talk to it like a person. I want to share that I've gotten this award, but I want to talk about what, what I'm passionate about and how this is just a reflection. Anyway, helping to create random connections. Like I want to share a vacation post, help me tie this to my business. It gives you the idea. Again, it generally isn't getting you hundred percent there, but really cool. And the storytelling is huge. Well, let's talk about the storytelling component of it, right? Because that's the other neat thing that, that, and you both said things that I have to highlight just because it's so on brand for us. Listen, we know that the commoditization of financial planning and investment management is something that is only going to continue to get more and more outside of the advisor's control. So what they need to do is unapologetically be themselves and they need to give themselves permission to share themselves. The day of the bravado is over. Nobody wants to hear that crap anymore. By the way, for you older people, it's now called flexing for younger people or showing flex. Anyway, uh, my kids taught me that. Uh, so yeah, it is good to know um, so that we're not, but the bravado that happens with advisors, nobody wants it. They, they, first off, they hired you anyway. So guys, let's talk about storytelling. How do you help advisors find their story, tell their story, and then get their story out into the marketplace? Yeah. I mean, it's such a good question. So we like to say at FMG, what we're really good at is helping you create the digital assets to tell your story. So we actually don't like help you tell your story in that way. We have a lot of great content that will help you think about it, help you hone in on it. And Susan and I've discussed this in webinars, a lot of the education we do, but you know, really at the end of the day for any advisor listening out there, what it, I like to say is before you dive into what marketing tactics will work, you need to think what about my business is marketable, right? That's the question. And it can it's it really can vary and it can be really really nuanced and thinking about what are the the moments that you have with clients where they get it and they get excited or what are the things that make them refer someone to you like a moment where maybe it's something as simple as hey joe you know samantha and i were talking and she really gets the pension plan that our company offers. So you should go talk with her. Okay. That was it. That was the thing that made you marketable was really having a deep understanding of this particular company's retirement plan. So hone in on that in your messaging. That should be something on, you know, the main page of your website. What I find is that people get so worried about excluding people or pushing just a few people away that they forget that marketing is like a magnet. In order to attract, you're going to have to repel. Like you cannot attract without having some repelling going on. And story is such a big part of that. So that's where I like to start. <laughs> the other thing we always ask advisors to talk about, and, and you know, because not everybody can point to some specific tangible differentiator because a lot of it is who they are and how they service and and the magnet is is in some cases that they're they're working with clients like them you know that have a connection and that that it clicks so the other thing is the about us section on their website is a great place to help them start because they tend to just copy and paste their resume in there and it is boring and it's third person and it's filled with acronyms and we say scrap tell me why you got into this business. 
Tell me why you love this business. Give me an example generically of the ways that you've helped people. That is the about you and that is your story. And that's why people choose you. I always say if you're about us or your biography reads like an obituary, you know, in third person, he did this, she did that, then you know it's time for an update because so many of them are written like you're dead. <laughs> and they feel like they're dead too because they're boring as heck. And, you know, it's the same stock image that, you know, is, is ridiculous. I So in our podcasting system, so we're right there with all of you. The first three episodes are who are you? Why did you get into this business and who do you serve? Right? So yeah, absolutely. And, and that's so vitally important. And we want there to be continuity amongst all of your pieces of digital content. So if somebody listens to your first episode, which is the, who are you, but you're about us page has nothing to do with that. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. And we prime our clients just like you do with either content or questions uh, just to make them really start thinking about it. And coming full circle with the education that all of you do, that's something that that everybody in financial services who provide services to advisors want to thank you for, because you guys are so prolific with your amount of education, and you really, truly give everything away. And we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, that that, that was the key to Proudmouth's success, is we decided we weren't going to have anything that was our, our secret sauce and that you couldn't get unless you paid us. It was, we're just going to, let's just give it all away. Cause here's the deal. You can listen to 400 episodes and you can start your own show. Hell you can kill your show, right? You'd be great, but who wants to listen to 400 episodes and figure it out on their own, right? It's much better to hire people like you. Okay. So let's talk about what's working. So pause on that because that is what Sam and I really, if we had to boil down our advice, to being successful and leveraging marketing to grow your business. It is about sharing content that is of value to your recipients altruistically and just not thinking, well, I can't, I'm going to put that behind a, a form and I, I don't want to give away my secret sauce. It's the ones that we've seen grow are just consistently sharing tips, ideas. Did you knows their, you know, their, their latest Myths on blankety blank and consistently doing that. And they become thought leaders. And then somebody's reaching out to them proactively out of the blue saying, I'd like to hire you. It's funny. I just have to say this to really help people maybe get the point. Like if you go to a website and there's always a way to get in touch with the service provider. You can call them, you can fill out a form, you could schedule a time on their calendar. If someone has not done any of those things, they are not yet ready to contact you. What makes you think just because you have this great ebook with five tax tips that now they're going to give you their phone number? Like, it makes absolutely no sense. If they wanted you to call them, they would have filled out your form or scheduled a time on your calendar or dialed the phone number listed. They are not yet ready for you to call them. So stop asking for their phone number and expecting all of a sudden you're going to get all these leads. I mean, it just doesn't make absolutely any sense whatsoever. And I think it comes to that, you know, just wanting an easy button and wanting to say, I did X and I got Y. And an ideal marketing strategy for an advisor does not have specific, perfect attribution. It is about consistency. It is about authenticity. And it is about sharing content that's of value to your target audience and having a target audience 
And there's not going to be one blog or one ebook that you wrote that is suddenly like that one I got five leads from. It just isn't that. We broke down our Kirk and my journeys recently on something we have called the influence continuum, which moves people from skeptics to fans. And uh, so I achieved what, what we refer to as escape velocity, which is going from authority to celebrity within the industry. And before this, I checked all the boxes, books, videos, main stage speeches, Wall Street Journal. I mean, I checked all the boxes, but man, I never got any momentum at all because it was really fits and starts. And I think that's one of the neat things and we're going to get to trends in just a second, that you guys at, at FMG have done so well. And Samantha, I'm going to focus on you a lot here. You are consistently putting out content. And if you hearken back to when I first got introduced to you a long time ago, you were grinding it out back then, right? And because of that, you have built this consistent very engaging. People feel like they know you. And I know this because I was at a conference that you were at last year. And you probably should have had handlers, by the way, because, you know, she's walking through and everybody wants to say hi to you because everybody already feels like they know you. And that is the difference between the push marketing that people have been doing for years and the pull marketing that the three of us have been preaching about for as long as we possibly can. Hey, it's Matt jumping in for a second. Are you an advisor who wants to go from being the seeker of clients to being sought after? Then influence is your answer. It's the only marketing that's left for today's advisors. If you want to know how much influence you have right now and how to get more of it, take our free five-minute test and get your influence scorecard. Just go to proudmouth.com to start. I can remember you, you or Kirk, one of you reaching out to me, it was like maybe right around the time you were starting your podcast saying something. And I was laughing because you were like, how I've been doing this for a long time. Like, what are you doing differently? I, I just, and I really think the key for me though, was video. And I still think like, that's why I'm so glad to see so many people with their podcasts, putting them on YouTube too, because there's something about seeing somebody's face over and over again. I always hearken back to that psychological principle of the mere exposure effect, right? Just by virtue of merely being exposed to something over and over again, we will report more frequently that we like it. I mean, it's it, if you look at politics, it's why you see people putting just the name of who's ever up for judge in your local town all over town. Because when you show up at the ballot box that day, if you've seen that name before, you're more likely to vote for them, even if you know nothing about the issues. And that's the same principle at stake here. And I was just lucky enough to have no marketing budget early on in my career. So the only way I could get in front of people was to record video and put it on YouTube. I mean, truly it was just a constraint that led to that. But I forgot what your original question was now, but yeah, Actually, I think- I just didn't ask you a question because that's exactly okay. where I was hoping you were gonna go. So here's my question. <laughs> my question is, okay, so we understand that video is king. Obviously it really is the most eff effective, endearing way to build relationships. And I'm gonna just kind of go one different tangential thing to what you just said, because one of the other really important things about video that a lot of people don't understand is the micro expressions that happen on your face are something that we subconsciously are paying attention to, but really weigh in the decision-making that we have. And so you have to truly be you on video. And if you're not, people will see it. People will come into your 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 meeting with you and they'll be like, who, 
is this person? Like, they're not the same person. And, and Samantha, again, I'm going to talk about you just very quickly because I don't ever see Susan anywhere anymore. Uh, so, but uh, that's not true. So, so the neat thing about, and I heard people say this is somebody had just interacted with you and, and you had walked away and they were really close to me. And what they said was, wow, she's just like, she is on the video. And I was like, dude, that's so freaking cool. And so I want advisors to truly understand that you have to really bring yourself to this medium, whether it, whether it's podcasting, because again, you hear things in the spaces between the words that you use too, that's very powerful, but video is king. Okay, what are you guys seeing? What are you seeing is working for advisors? Because you guys have a huge client base that you all talk to all the time. What, what are you guys seeing right now? You want me to go, Susan, or you? I feel like I've been chatting too much. So I'll give you a second. No, no, you don't. This I think this one's okay. You know, we see lots of different things obviously working, kind of depending on what people are comfortable with, what they're excited about. And I will go back to that idea. I know we always want to dive into tactics, but again, making sure you start with what about your firm is marketable in the first place. So, but let's just go with that. So we just did a webinar with Holista Plan, which is a great service. I don't know if, if advisors listening are familiar with it, where you can they allow you to take your client's tax return, upload it. And then it'll give you feedback on things you can bring up in your plan financial planning meetings with them. And advisors seem to really love it. And one of the reasons why I think it's working so well is because if you look at the research on the consumer investor side of what consumers want, one of the top things that consumers report that they want from their advisor that they are not getting is tax planning, right? And so the firms that they have a CPA on staff or they incorporate that as part of this comprehensive approach are really poised to do well, but people don't know how to market it well, right? And so one of the things that I've been seeing working really well, there's an advisor I know where, again, talking about video, he records these quick, they're honestly like less than a minute videos. One of the videos, he said, hey, everyone, it's in the 50s this week in Chicagoland. And you know what that means? Everyone's going to hit the golf course. So the big question today is, can you deduct your you know, golf fees if you did talk about business, right? And then he answered the question. He had it on a YouTube short. He put turned it as into a written blog post, put it on social media. That kind of content works really well for a few reasons. One, it's personable. Two, it's timely. And Susan and I could talk forever about timely content, but we see anything that's timely being tied to an event, the weather, what's happening outside, pop culture, what people are talking about performs better because as much as evergreen can be great, when it's timely, it's already in our psyche and we are going to pay more attention to it. So that is one of the ones that I think is a great example that checks all those boxes. All right, Susan, what do you got? Well, I, I also am, uh, Sam and I tend to, we play sort of 101 and 301, 401. And I always think about the advisor who is listening and saying, I can't do that. Or that doesn't, you know, that would be like jumping from here to Timbuktu in one step. So I, you know, I'd love to talk a little bit about how advisors can tiptoe into this because not everybody is super comfortable in video and it is you know, scary at first, even though people that have done it for a while, it just kind of suddenly becomes more comfortable. But advisors have been, you know, those that have done video, so many of them think it has to be so heavily produced and they have to be perfect and they have to be in a suit and they talk, they actually, it almost is a negative brand experience. And so we've, we're also helping advisors just through coaching. It's not something that we actually help them do. We have partners that do just some ideas of ways that they can dabble in it. We kind of call it an ascendant journey. 
if you haven't done video before, here's where you can start. And when you've done that, maybe you add this, that, and the other thing. Now, the example of the golf tip, like that's brilliant. That's up here. So Sam, I, I would love if you'd share, like, what do we tell somebody who hasn't done it, who doesn't have that extroverted personality? How do they get into video? Yeah. One of our favorite things is to use a tool. Like if you're not comfortable yet setting up using your iPhone and putting it in front of a window and everything, there's tools you can do right on your computer, like Vidyard or BombBomb or Loom, where it records you just talking. And all of us pretty much at this point are comfortable talking to ourselves, like in a Zoom meeting or go go to meeting or Google Meet. And this, you can record a video that you can just send out in an email format to clients. So it could be something like, hey, everybody, this new legislation just passed yesterday. I'm on it. Here's the top three, you know, takeaways you should think about. And you can send that email out using that kind of software. That is a really, really great one. Another thing we see a lot of people do is if you already have a great piece of content, whether it's a blog post you've written or you're using, you know, a tool like FMG, we have great content in there. You can use any of those written pieces as an outline for you, like a script. So you don't have to come up with something off the fly. You have the three main salient takeaways. They're written out for you and turn it into a quick video that way. So those are like, I think, easy ways to kind of tiptoe into it that we see working really well. Um, one final thing I'll just mention is if you yourself are like, I get a little bit stage Friday, I clam up, invite someone else to be the quote unquote talent, right? You can interview a local, let's say, you know, tech, we were just talking about Texas, bring on a CPA and ask them, okay, this year with all of the changes going on, um, actually it was just in my, my community Facebook group, a bunch of moms were talking about what did they change to these W-4s? Because now we owe taxes. In the last two years, we've never owned taxes before. And I thought, man, I owned a financial planning firm in this area. I'd be putting out a video about what they changed and what people should expect and how to go back in and adjust their settings so that this doesn't happen to them next year, right? Really, really simple ways to do that. So I don't know if that is easier entry level, but I think so. I, I mean, personally. Is because it's the content is the first hurdle, and then it's like getting on camera. But kind of the content and the idea is the biggest thing. So that that that's the obvious. All the content that is available to them through you know many different companies, including FMG, that can be the script or the inspiration. And then talking about the interviewing part, that also translates into webinars, which I also think are a fantastic lead gen opportunity for advisors and really underutilized. Again, mainly because I think it's inertia and like. Well, I don't want to develop a PowerPoint and talk on it. And I, that, that'd be a lot of work. Well, you can actually just riff with a professional center of influence, a friend. It could even be health and wealth. I've seen people do lots of webinars that aren't even financial in nature. You know, the, the FBI agent that comes in and talks about cybersecurity or, you know, the physician who talks about, you know, mental health, whatever it might be. There's so many easy, low-hanging fruit. Then you record the video and you have a video. I mean, you record the webinar and you have a video and you can use that video in YouTube. And that feels like an, an easier and also pretty win-win strategy for getting and started. And you can strip the audio out and turn it into a podcast. So so one of the things yeah. that I think is really vital is people need to understand that you can do something once and turn it into 10, 20, 30 pieces of content. Uh, and those of us who create content for a living, that is pretty standard practice. Now, there's two things that I need to go back to. Number one, um, the walk before you run, because we talk about this a lot on the show, because not everybody's going to go and they're going to be the great marketer, right? 
So you just get done with a client meeting and your client asked you a great question. That's it. That's what you do. You go sit down and say, gosh, I had a client who just asked me this question. I bet you, you all have this question too. Here's my answer to the question. Don't overthink it. That's I was just talking to some prospects again today, and I said, you know, one of the things that makes you a great advisor is that you're control freaks and you overthink everything. That makes you a terrible marketer. And they just laughed. And I'm like, ha but I got you. You're right. And they're like, yeah, you're right. But the other thing I wanted to, uh, to highlight is the idea of timely content. I am 100 million percent in support of all timely content. Timely content is like the top of your funnel. Like, oh, my God. They just shot a video that's talking about the new W4s, W2s, whatever needs to happen. I so and that's sub three minutes or a minute in your situation, like the golf example, right? And then okay, so I've I've consumed your content. I like you for a minute. I'm gonna now like you for three minutes, maybe like you for five minutes. But when we start getting then they go to the webinar, right? So now that's live and inter, you know, interactive and it's a lot of fun. What we're seeing is when you have those pieces in place, that evergreen long form content, which is what we create here, which is the podcast, it, see, it moves them very easily to that. And then after they've consumed, by the way, it's 20 touches before anybody even considers picking up the phone and doing what we talked about at the beginning of the show today, 20 pieces of content. Oh, I haven't heard you'll have to tell us how is that your no own actually that came out from Sprout Social, I think a little while ago. They created this continuum and how many pieces or how many touches and then what are the milestones of those touches? Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll try to send that to you guys. And for the listeners, I will try to get a link to that in the show notes. Uh, it's in a presentation that I have. That'd be a good program. That'd be a good share. Yeah, it's uh it's really eye-opening. Uh, because there's one point, and in fact, I was talking to Bill Cates about this. He was on the show recently. There's one point that I said, hey, Bill, look at this. And he's like, that's when people, when you ask for the referral, but they don't take your word for it, that's when they ask about the referral. And so anyway, I don't want, that's a totally different tangent. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I love the idea. So so what we believe, FMG and Proudmouth firmly believe is it is an and, not an or. You can't just do one thing anymore. You have to kind of be ever-present and omnipresent, and it's not as difficult as you think. Plugging into your guys' system and seeing all of the amazing content that you guys have, that is written in these great libraries, really about anything an advisor wants to talk about, and then doing what you guys just talked about, which is pulling three to five points there's your podcast, there's your video, there's your blog, there's 10 social media posts. Stop thinking so much about this. And you know what? I think people just need to do it. So that's my next question to you guys. What do you do to light a fire under the advisor's butt and get them to actually push the enter button or send or publish? Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Do it for them. <laughs> that's the ultimate way for sure. Um, but otherwise, it's just staying in front of them. Like the 20 touches, we just frequency, recency, re, you know, repeating. You, you can't just give one tip once. I think Sam has given the 80-20 rule about posting and engaging in other people's content. And people, eventually that one sinks in. You know, it's, it's like everything. Well, what I always say is funny is I will get this question a lot from people. They'll say, oh, you know, I somebody told me they listened to my podcast or they left a couple comments on my Instagram or my YouTube. So should I like send them a message now and say, here's a link to my calendar if you want to meet? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Once you start it into a sales conversation, you're going to lose them because then they're they're thinking they want to sell me something, right? The way to do it truly is to just keep 
telling them more information so that they realize the complexity that goes into what you're providing. And eventually they say, this is too overwhelming. Can I just hire you to do it for me? Truly, and it's not, you're not doing this to be malicious. You're trying to be helpful, but that's actually <laughs> what happens, right? The more people come to me and say, hey, could you take a look at my website? It's not ranking well, and why? And if I send them back an email that has 10 different things that they need to think about, and then they're like, okay, phew, okay, that's a lot to get through. But next question, all right, same question, but now on YouTube. And then I send them back 10 other things, right? They're looking at that going, wow, I should just really hire Sam and her team to do my website for me. And that's the exact same principle at work here. You know, if somebody comes to you and asks you all these questions about taxes or about investing, and you talk about having a balanced portfolio and moving money around when they hit different milestones and as their risk changes, they get closer to retirement. All of a sudden it's like, these are big things at play here. These are my life savings. And I don't want to just hope for the best. And so, yeah, there's going to be a small percentage of people that don't want to do it, but that's okay. Those people should go out and be the DIYer. So I think just having that mindset of you really never in this day and age, in my opinion, and I know maybe someone like Bill Cates might disagree with me. I don't really believe in that hard sell as a marketer, I believe in you just keep showing them your depth of knowledge and how much you can help. And eventually they, the right people will say, you know what, I want to work with you and pay you to do it. I mean, it's actually the exact same strategy we're employing. You know, it's just sharing information about a topic that is not native to an advisor. They they didn't get into the business because they love marketing. Some are really good at it and love it, but you know, 90, 10 probably but they know they need to do it. Just like individual investors and families, they know they need to focus on financial planning and on estate planning on the tax implications of, of their decisions. But that's not their, I mean, 90% of us, that's not our favorite thing to do, nor is our favorite thing to do to read the economic commentary that they send out. I am really just want them to do it for me because I know I need it. And the more they drip on me about scenarios that I can relate to that sound complicated and have nuances, the more likely I am to like, literally, please just do it for me. So almost, I think we've just landed on something to the degree you can share your expertise to the point that your audience that is hiring you is hiring you for what you do, not because they want to do it and they want to learn it themselves. We all are kind of in a do it for me economy, you know, where we want the expert that does something that we don't do naturally to do it for us. And we're going to go with the person that we think we trust the most because they've shown us that they're altruistically great. Not using our brand language, but you're saying the exact same thing. I, this is why I love you guys so much. It, it's the idea of moving people again across that skeptics to fans, right? Fans come in pre-sold, right? But what the objection I hear all the time is, well, Matt, that's not predictable. No, it is predictable. You're just impatient terribly impatient because like if you ask follow-up questions and if you are consistently putting out content what what they don't understand is so one of the, the attribution they just want a one-to-one -one. Right. like i did a pod I, I did three podcasts i don't have a client yet it's not working <laughs> or i i spent ten thousand dollars on my website and i'm yeah. you know i'm oh. not i'm not bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars in new revenue literally multiple well not multiple times, but I have had many advisors launch the website. And in like two weeks, they're like, nobody's called, called. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, and I think too, like even something like a website, we go going back to like the storytelling. So many people, they start off by contacting us saying, I want to be different. I don't want to look and sound like everyone else. I really don't want the same images, the same message, because our firm is different. And then throughout the process of putting it together, I think it's fear truly that holds people back. They think, I don't, that doesn't sound professional enough or buttoned up enough. And so they keep tweaking and tweaking and they end up with something, especially if they do it website design by group, which is terrible. That group thing comes in and you end up trying to please everyone and you speak to no one. But the finished product just isn't that exciting. And then they wonder where where they went wrong, right? So I like to say, you know, if you're thinking about your website, first of all, 97% of people that come to your website are not converting at all. They're not filling out a form. They're not, they're there for a few seconds and they leave. The average website visitor in our industry on a financial advisor's website is there for less than a minute, right? So you don't have a lot of time. They're not reading your website like a book. So you want to use icons and images and make it really easy to scan. And you want the the message to be written in what we call the problem solution method. So what is the problem that you solve and what is the solution you provide to that problem? And be as explicit as possible and speaking their language, right? There's an example I love. This guy, he owned a, a plumbing business and he had like all these ads that basically was like a state college PA's number one plumber and we can do this. And he listed all these technical things. And then basically he decided, you know what? I'm going to speak my customer's language. So he took questions that people would write in or emails. And one of them was, help, my dishwasher is overflowing, my floor, my wooden floor is getting ruined, can you help me? And so he turned it into an ad where it said, is your dishwasher overflowing? Do you have plumbing problems? Need somebody there ASAP? Call me with his number. And the difference was astounding because he spoke their language. And that is still what I think in our industry more than anything is lacking is that we're all still so worried about sounding really professional and we still have that like, you know, three-piece suit mindset that people aren't speaking the language that the consumer is speaking. Actually, Sam, that kind of takes us back to ChatGPT in a way because you and I, and and I know you guys do too, Matt, we're trying to coach people to, to speak like the client, get out of the buzzwords, take them all out. But the easiest way to do that is to think about what questions do they ask you? Like you mentioned, what are they searching in Google? And then the future ChatGPT, they're going to ask, like, talk to it like a human. Those are the words to put in your website. Those are the stories to incorporate into your problem solution. Those are the stories. Those are the words that can become an ad. They can become the topic of a podcast. They can be a social post. And I think it's just, it's simple, but most advisors just don't leverage that. And that's that may be the easiest place to get started. Write a whole long list of the most frequently asked questions for the last two weeks worth of client meetings. Yeah. And use your example and in your examples and in your writing as much as you can switch from I and we to you and yours, because we all want somebody who we think gets us. And so if you land on a website and it says, you know, we've been in business for over 35 years, we have 35 years combined experience. That's great. That's great. But nobody cares. Honestly, it's terrible to say, but nobody cares. We're all walking around. What's in it for me? Whereas instead of that said, you are in sales, you have variable income every month. We 
work with people just like you to help them come up with a financial plan so that they can have a consistent budget every single month, right? That is like, oh, yes, this person gets it. I want to work with them. And in Google, people Google things, they generally ask questions. And so if your website copy and you have stuff in your content that actually says, here's the exact question that people are asking, like your plumber example, how perfect is that? I really hope that by advisors listening to this, that number one, they realize they need to just hire somebody to do stuff, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in just a second. But number two, listen, the commoditized things, all of the things that you can't control are what most advisors are using in their marketing, weekly market commentaries, their financial planning process, scrapes, whatever. What, what is it about you? What is it about your experience? What is it about that makes you unique and different? Um, that is what's going to draw people to you. And again, we're talking about pull marketing. We're not talking about push marketing. You can't market like it's the 1900s anymore. And for some of us, we remember the 1900s. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was. You have to market in the way that people consume content today, which is short snippets in every sort of media that's possible, everywhere that you can be where your ideal client wants to consume your content and you need to be free with it. So let's kind of wrap up today's show by talking about what is going on with FMG? What are you guys offering now? I know you guys have some new programs. This is your opportunity to have my client's attention. And so that they, if they haven't hired you, and in full disclosure, we basically refer all of our website business to FMG. And so uh, most of our listeners are probably using you already. But if they're not, let's talk about some of the things that you guys have today and what's coming down the pipeline. And even if they are, they're going to want to hear. Yay, that's good. Using it. Yeah gonna benefit them yeah. all right. you know big time all right bring it on what do you guys got going on like, sam, maybe. sam talk about like we're both super excited about our website design team and you know with the acquisition of 20 over 10 we we acquired a whole lot of really really great best practices that we were able to leverage to enhance the fmg website process and the way it is coming together especially with the team that we've got is really really amazing. And both Sam and I are passionate and critical and it's exceeding our expectations. And I know since this is an area of passion for you, Sam, maybe just talk about what wows you about. So I always say the process. difference between design and art is the term I like, right? So art is really based on what you like and whether art speaks to you. Design is about solving a problem. So when it comes to website design, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they're like, this is my website that represents my business. What do I like? Yes, your story needs to be in there, but in terms of what's going to hit the mark with the person you're trying to reach, it's about what they want to see and what experience is going to be best for them. So the design process that our team has recently rolled out in conjunction with my husband, Ryan Russell, who was the co-founder of, of 20 over 10, is this new process where rather than the advisor say, oh, I like the look of this site or I like the look of that site, they talk to us about their goals. You know, what are you trying? Are you trying to be known as a thought leader? Are you really heavily based in your community? How are you using your site and the grand scheme of your marketing? So they answer some questions. Sometimes the answer is, I don't know, and that's okay too. But based upon what they tell us, we then create the layout and the design of the website that is best going to serve those goals. And so that is going over amazingly well. Um, I've seen some of the amazing design websites that have come out of that. So that's one big change that we have. 
I'll let Susan talk about some of her favorite changes. But one of the other things that I love, if you are listening to this right now and you use FMG and you have not downloaded the FMG mobile app, please do because we actually don't have as high of adoption as we would have expected to see. And the amazing thing about it, it's like having Susan or I in, in your email list, yeah, in your pocket, emailing you <laughs> saying, hey, we just wrote this great new piece of content on X because Congress passed Y. Send this email out. Not even emailing. Yeah, on it just phone. comes up and it's like, here's a social post you can use or here's an email based on timely pieces. And it is life-changing for people. You don't have to log into, you know, a desktop version of the app. You don't even, you don't have to do anything other than accept the notification and push it out. If you don't, if you wanted to share it, but you wanted to change, let's say it also has access to Barron's and Wall Street Journal, like articles as well. So you could be like, you know what, I want to share something on, you know, I just read about blankety blank search, find it. And you can, there's AI that pulls up the things that are going to be most likely to engage your customers, but we have a new AI feature. You push a button, it writes the caption for you. It's a starting point based on all of Sam's best practices. So it literally, we've trained it to follow a Sam style post and the and posts that just engage, get the most engagement, but it creates that starting point. You can ask it to write it again. And then of course we would recommend that you just tweak it a little bit or send it out, but that's our first integration of ChatGPT within the platform to help write captions. And then we are just blowing that up across the rest of the platform to customize all of our content. And it's been so fun to watch the people who've used it and see somebody who typically gets no engagement on social use this new caption writer tool. And the post is longer. It's more of a zero click content style post, which for those listening who don't know what that means, it means you can get the meat and the gist of what the person is sharing without having to go click and read the article. And so the engagement is way up. People are getting comments. People are interacting with it because rather than saying, go read this article in Bloomberg, they're saying, hey, have you heard X? And here's five things to think about. So now somebody reading the post has actually something to respond to. So that zero click content approach, it's so great to see. We need to create the Sam style AI. I think that's the next iteration of everything. <laughs> We're just going to brand it that. We've got so. Sam style AI. Susan oh, is like awesome. my number one cheerleader. She always makes me feel so good. She, everyone needs a Susan in there. Yes. You know, if you've yes. ever been to FAO Schwartz and the if you get there right in the morning, they roll out the red carpet and they like oh. cheer for you when you walk in the door. If you guys ever done this, it's like the most amazing thing. Like, if you're there right at opening, they roll out a red carpet, the soldiers line up, and then they clap for you when you come into wow. the store. And I always say, that's how Susan makes me feel. Like I just get out of bed and she's like, Sam is here. Susan, you're the best. <laughs> we all need more of Susan in all of our lives. And I'm hoping uh, that everybody who listened to this, it, if you're not connected with, with Sam or Susan, you guys need to connect with them on social. They're always putting out unbelievable stuff. You're going to see them at conferences. They're all over the place. If you have the chance to go ahead and say hi, all you need to do is just go up and say, hey, I heard you on the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Or Sam, I've been watching your videos for the last seven years. <laughs> And Susan, I heard you speak here or whatever. So guys, you really, uh, we are all wildly accessible and we want to be able to be here to help you be the best advisor you can be. All right. I know we're running out of time here because I know you guys are both very, very busy. What did I, what should I have asked you that I didn't oh. as we wrap up today? With one minute left. I just, I think, I know. Um, what are we doing this weekend? Sam, what are you doing this weekend? Little League Baseball begins for my five and seven year old. All right, we'll expect a post that naturally brings Little League Baseball into a marketing analogy. 
There's your chance. All right. What what is what is the best way for uh, everybody to reach out to both of you? LinkedIn or yeah. um SC, or marketing at fmgsuite.com gets to us too. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, and I there's a lot of Samantha Russells out there. So I'm Samantha C Russell on LinkedIn or at Samantha20 on Twitter. Perfect. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for being on the show. And everybody will see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.